0: Welcome back Brown Girls. I'm Ashanti Golar, the founder of the Brown Girls Guide to Politics. We want to introduce you to our bonus season, Freedom Summer. Say his name. The the boys. Historically, children have always been essential in the fight for equal rights. In 1963, thousands of black kids marched to protest segregation. On this
1: day, we had about 130 kids. I think on this day, many of us didn't realize just how important our movement will proceed. to be.
0: Many of the faces that we have seen over the past few weeks leading the Black Lives Matter movement have been those of young Black women. Deatra D.D. Jackson is one of those dynamic women speaking truth to power as a leader of Black Youth Project 100. While attending Florida International University, she became active at the height of the murder of Trayvon Martin which led to founding the local chapter of Dream Defenders at her university. Today, we chat with Diatra about how young people are seizing and owning their political power at this moment. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I've been such a big fan of BYP 100 and really excited that you were able to join us, so thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. So first, I want to talk about the fact that At such a young age, you have done so much for the Black community and the Black youth community. You've done organizing as a co-founder of the Durham chapter of the Black Youth Project 100, supporting Black Mamas Bailout, which is one of the favorite causes that I donate to, and just so much more, especially during the racial pandemic that we've been in these past few weeks. What brought you to this work? What made you wake up one day and say, okay, as a young person, I have to get involved. As a black young person, I have to get involved. So I am from
1: Philly, born and raised. And throughout my years, I was in public schools. I grew up single mom uh, in a single mom household of three girls. And um, so, grew up in, in you know in the hood of Southwest Philly, and um, there's many things of my experience that really informs where I am today. But that's not quite where I was politicized. I was in grad school down in Miami around. Tw- 2012, 2013. And so I was living in Florida at the same time as uh, the murder of Trayvon Martin happened and all of the marches and the energy that was being built up in that time. And I was pretty apolitical leading up to that point and was... Going to a Black Student Union meeting because I went to a school where I know no Black people, so I went to the Black Student Union meeting because that's where we were. And this organization, uh, two folks from Dream Defenders, uh, which is a state-based organization down in Florida, came and did a presentation on the work that they were doing and police brutality and immigration reform and... School to prison pipeline, and they were talking about these different issues, and I was really activated and started to pay attention. But took that as an opportunity to be a part of, to be a part of an organization that was actually doing the work. That was really where I started. Really, a moment that's similar to where we are now.
0: I love your path that you just talked about, and I feel it's so important because a lot of young people, you know, when I talk to them, they just feel that can I just show up? Can I do it? And that's really what you did. And that's what a lot of the young people involved with the BYP 100 have done. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that work that you're doing. In particular, I am a fan of the "She Safe, We Safe campaign, which is something that I also think is a very timely conversation that we need to have in this country.
1: Yes. So "She Safe, We Safe is BYP 100's national campaign. Um, It's our transformative movement campaign to end gender-based violence against Black women, Black girls, and Black gender nonconforming people, especially femmes. And there is more origin to even how we got to deciding on She Safe, Be Safe as as our first national campaign. We had this huge visibility of Black boys and Black men that were being murdered or brutalized by the police. Uh, But it was carrying this very long history of the erasure of black women and black girls and our stories and the way that we have been brutalized by the police. And so BYP 100, along with many other organizations, really uplifted this hashtag, Say Her Name, um, as a demand to also remember the stories of black women and black girls being harmed on a regular basis by the police. And really pushing a, a, a bit of an intervention into the visibility of whose stories are being told. Uh, and so we held these different events honoring Black women and Black girls whose stories were not being pushed to the front, and also talked about the very specific nature of of black women and the way that the system harms us that doesn't that doesn't necessarily apply to black men and black boys. And so we've been pushing um, on it, lifting up the story of Rekia Boyd and Renisha McBride, and what happened to Marissa Alexander, and just a number of <clears throat> Ayana Stanley Jones, Maya Hall. The list goes on uh and really making sure that that this was also part of this time the 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 stories of black women and black girls that are always forgotten and so through the years having uh multiple ways to really push this we came to the decision of our of our national campaign which is she safe be safe and we call it a transformative movement campaign because we're trying to get at the very root of gender-based violence and ending it in ways that don't involve the police, that don't involve the carceral state. Uh, and, are, and is actually trying to transform not only the systems, but also the behaviors of our people. And so our campaign right now is uh, has completed its story collection project, which was getting as many stories as possible of Black women and Black girls and Black gender nonconforming people and the ways that gender-based violence shows up at the hands of the state, but also in our, in our communities. And moving with the hypothesis that there are ways that we have kept each other safe that don't involve the police. There's many, many ways that we've kept each other safe and kept ourselves safe that don't involve the police. And so what are those stories what are those solutions that we can really highlight and bring up to scale and also offer as more options, more alternatives to policing, um, particularly when it comes to violence at, at the hands of our own community? And then the and then divesting from the police um, is also a big name and a big push on this campaign too. So really moving, divesting from policing in the carceral state and investing into our solutions and and into our communities.
0: I love this campaign. I highly recommend that our listeners, you know, go and learn more about it. I think to make it relevant, the fact is we're still calling for justice for Breonna Taylor and all of the other Black women, all the other Black trans women, other Black gender non-conforming individuals who have been harmed. So I love the fact that there is this space to talk about the fact that, yes, there is violence against Black men, but there's also violence against Black women that does not get as much attention. And It is happening as well. And with divesting from the police, it started trending at the beginning of the protests. And I saw so many people just dismiss it. And now, here we are a few weeks later, where we actually see elected officials divesting from the police or doing police reform. We're seeing a lot of that led by Black, Brown, Indigenous women who are very aware of the harm that is caused because. Again, from coming from these communities, we see it, we experience it. We know that it happens. And that was really so many young people that drove that conversation that have led us to this social change. And there's also been so many just iconic photos of young people taking out protests across the country. But one that really stands out in my mind is there was a young black person holding up a sign that said, my generation will be the last, basically in regards to police violence. And I just, I love that so much. So how have you seen firsthand how young people have owned and navigated their power during this time when at the beginning people literally thought that once again, nothing would happen?
1: I mean, it's important to remember where we are and that this will be, you know, this will be a moment in history. You know, this will be a moment that um, is such a catalyst moment for what the future looks like. And even thinking about the many different uprisings and rebellions that have happened across the world, they've been led and started and sustained by young people, Um. Pretty much anywhere you go in the world, and so it's no different here in the U.S. That that it would kick off in a in, in a city and really expand and replicate itself in many different ways. And it's not just the protests, right? It's not the just. It's not just the protests. It's the language. Um, it's what we're what we're demanding in this moment. We're calling for defunding the police. We're calling for a divestment. We're calling for abolish. I just. Think that it is owed to, to, to young people of really wanting to move with the faith that there is going to be a time where what we are experiencing in our relationship with police is unimaginable. It's just like, but ask your parents. Like, they didn't have cops in schools. That's a, it's not that distant of a, of a history. I think that there's ways that, that young people have learned that in these moments, we really need to take advantage um, by really pushing our narrative and saying what we've been saying, which has been divest in this. And it has been defund and disarm and demilitarized and delegitimized the police. And so now is a moment for us to really live in that lineage of uprisings and rebellions.
0: This episode is sponsored by Purple. All bidding and pillows are not created equal. If you peel away the layers to see your average pillow or mattress, you'll see they are not created with the same love and attention. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The Purple Grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patent comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Sometimes you don't know comfort until you try something new. You can try every Purple product risk-free with free shipping and returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Experience the Purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com BGG10 and use promo code BGG10 to get 10% off any order of $200 or more for a limited time. That's purple.com slash BGG10, promo code BGG10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply. You talked about, you know, politicians talking about Black Lives Matter, being involved in Black Lives Matter, just the overall movement. And we know that is wonderful. There are lots of elected officials who have come along there's still some that need to come along. There's always work to do. So what are some of the ways that BYP 100 helps keep politicians accountable, which is something that I talk about a lot is, yes, it's wonderful that these candidates are saying things that you want to hear, that they want to work on, but you also need to be there when they're elected to make sure that they're getting those things done. And you're not only seeing them every two to four years when it's time to get reelected again.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, elected officials are, are difficult to, to trust. They're, you know, There's so many ways that they are not held accountable or they that they're not able to actually withhold. And so like young people in general, having any kind of uh, across the board hope in 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 elected officials is is not really there and it's not really a and hope isn't isn't a renewable energy so i think that it it ends up being on us to really figure out what are the ways that we are able to organize and push on what we really want in and, and in a way that we don't feel that we are compromising Our stance or we're compromising our ideology. I think that there is an opportunity in this moment that we really have to to figure out or plan for ways that we would actually govern. And not just in the sense of uh, having political power and being able to do for our community, but in a way that is actually strategic for the larger win that we need. Um, And the reality is that our opposition has no problem taking Political power—it's not—it's not even a question, uh, because they know that it is the means of which they are able to enforce control, um, and it is the means that they are able to keep capitalism in place, and all the ways that uh, that anti-blackness shows up through the system. They're able to keep that power um, because they have no question about governing. They have no question about moving people up the ladder, quote unquote, into positions of decision making over our lives. And trying to to hold people accountable, it, it looks like making sure that folks know that it, it looks like creating a real polarization. Um, and I think that uprisings and rebellions create deeper polarizations. It comes to a point where it's where whether you're with us or you're not, and I think we continue to to really move in there of there's no way to continue to increase police budgets and increase money into other places. They're, we're not asking for both. There's no both, actually. There's no both. The same way the prisons, they always some kind of way reach capacity. And so that means they always have to expand. Um, and that is what capitalism does. It makes you creates this idea of consistent growth through exploitation of people. I think that we I think we do need more leaders and folks that are coming from our movements that are able to move in these positions of power for the sake of the larger strategy, for the sake of being a people's candidate and not a and not a politician.
0: I love that be a people's candidate. And everything that you said is so true in my professional career. I'm the president of Emerge, and we put out our statement on demanding justice for black Americans. And one of the things that I said in the statement is that if we don't have elected officials that plan to undo systems of suppression, white supremacy, anti-blackness, that they need to be replaced. And someone said to me, well, I can't believe you said that and put it in writing and I'm like yeah I did because it's true because we have to realize that elected officials do have the power to uphold these systems and you can't break down the master's house using the master's tools you have to go in there and you have to be the one sitting at the table doing the work. Just, again, in love with BYP 100, all the work that you're doing. Please tell our listeners how they can support your organization and for our young people who are listening, how they can get involved in your organization.
1: Yes, yes. Um, And I'm also really glad you you wrote the letter that you did and and named explicitly what needed to be named. So uh, for everyone listening, yes, BYP 100 is a national organization. So we have chapters in 10 cities across the country, mostly major cities. Those are all listed on our website. Um, If you live in the city, uh, in any of those cities, and you're interested in becoming a member, um, just head to our website, byp100.org. And on the website, it says 18 to 35, but any Black person can be a member of our organization. So even you, Ashanti, uh, could sign up to be uh, a member of our organization. And also, our donation link is on there. All of the proceeds go directly in the hands of Black people. And to Black organizing. And our campaign, the national campaign, She's Safe, We's Safe, um, also has a website that you can learn more information, She'sSafeWeSafe.org.
0: Fabulous. And for our listeners, too, we do have our At Blue fundraising page. So if the name BYP100 seems familiar to you, it is one of the organizations that we are asking you to support. So you can also visit that page. It's on the website www.thebgguide.com, and you can make your donation that way as well. Deatra, I've enjoyed talking to you, and I want to go into our final question. What does liberation mean to you? Liberation
1: means that folks feel safe in a way that is meant to build more imagination, in a way that is meant to build more possibilities. And children are, black children are able to grow old.
0: Stay up to date with us on the BGG website, www.thebgguide.com, and on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The BG Guide. The BGG podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. You can find them on Instagram at WMN.media and on Twitter at WMN Media. Until next time, Brown Girls.